Hi, welcome to the Tuesday Recovery from Relapse meeting. It's the 15th of December and we have our speaker, Cara. Cara, take it away. Thank you, Rita. It is such a pleasure to be here. I am Cara, compulsive overeater, recovering bulimic and sugar addict, hailing all the way from Warwick, Rhode Island in the tiny state of Rhode Island from the USA. Um, I would like to open up with the serenity prayer. And if you'd like to say it silently with me, I would welcome that. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. I start each qualification off with that prayer to remind me that these are God's words and not mine. I am not here to entertain you. I am merely here to share my experience, strength, and hope with you. I will tell you what it was like, what happened, and what I am like now. Um, knowing that this is a meeting with a focus on relapse, as I was praying about this and contemplating this share, <laughs> I thought to myself, relapse. Do you know how many times I've relapsed? Do you know how many times I've failed? Do you know how many times I was demoralized by chronic dieting? And I thought, if this was an education, I'd have my PhD. See, because if it's your relapse, it's a teacher and an opportunity to learn something about yourself. When it's my relapse, I'm a failure. And so I guess I'll start by saying, I don't think I've ever had a normal relationship with food and have been a chronic dieter my whole life. I was um, always told that I had a predisposition to be chubby, that I took after my mother's side of the family. My mother was morbidly obese. And I remember her father, my, my grandfather saying, you don't ever wanna be like your mom. You don't know how much she struggles. And I really, at the time I interpreted that as I didn't wanna be like my mom. And yet everything about my mother was wonderful. She was such a warm and generous person. And yet, the world and even her own father only saw her fat. And I vowed that I didn't want people to just see me as that chubby girl. And so I started dieting at a very early age and it was my grandfather who would say, I'll buy you new school clothes if you lose 15 pounds before September, or I'll give you a dollar for every pound you lose. And I always thought, again, it was my way of processing that in order to be accepted in life, 
And to be loved unconditionally, you had to be thin. Fat just didn't cut it. And so with that attitude and that belief, that core belief that I wasn't good enough unless I weighed a certain amount was with me for decades. I dappled with bulimia. I starved myself, took diet pills, fiber pills, commercial weight loss programs, you name it, I've tried it. I came to OA in my early 20s. And I will tell you, when I walked in the halls, I saw a group of lovely, beautiful people who I wanted nothing to do with. They were all my parents' age. And I thought, good Lord above, just give me the food plan. Let me lose 25, 30 pounds, and I'm out of here. And I will tell you, that's pretty much what I did. They said, find a sponsor who has what you want. Well, I wanted a really good body and I wanted a really nice car and I wanted a boyfriend. So I looked for the prettiest girl in the room, the thinnest girl in the room. And I said, will you be my sponsor? And I was quite impressed with the car she drove. And I have no idea whether or not what her romantic life was like, but she seemed from all appearances to have it all together. So I asked her to be my sponsor. And I will tell you that I did lose weight. I did discover something about myself. <laughs> and that is that I am a compulsive eater. However, I wasn't quite ready to accept that. So while I sat in those halls week after week, continued, you know, found, got a food plan, um, I, I realized that I had a problem but I was going to do this on my own. Thank you very much. It was great to have a sponsor and to commit my food to her. And be around warm and wonderful people. But I wasn't ready. And so after I lost the amount of weight that I thought was acceptable. I stopped going to meetings, little by slow thought, well, I don't have to go three times a week. I could probably just go once a week. And then when I lost weight, I started getting cocky, thinking, look, look how good I look. And guess what? Some people were paying attention to me. You've lost all this weight. How are you doing it? Aren't you 
pretty now that you've lost weight. Again, there was the validation for me or the affirmation that one was only acceptable when one was a certain size. And while I, in high school, could never find a boyfriend, now suddenly there were men who were interested in me that were asking me out. And I'll share with you that for this compulsive overeater, fat is a protection. It is a shield because when I started getting attention from men, I didn't know how to react. And so I turned to more bulimic tendencies, more binging, and um, met a man who is now my husband. We've been married for 26 years. And when I started dating him, I started gaining weight. And he said to me, I think you're gaining weight to push me away. And this, this is just a shell. I'm in love with the girl inside. Well, you could have blown me over with a feather because what man says that, number one. Number two, how could he know the girl inside when I didn't even know the girl inside? So I continued to battle my weight throughout my 20s. And when we got married, I lost enough weight I, uh, well, let me put it this way. When I met him, I was a healthy body weight. We had a two-year courtship. And then it reminded. Thank you. And my weight ballooned, ballooned. And I realized that it was getting closer and closer to my wedding and that I needed to lose weight. <clears throat> now, mind you, at this point, I was in a severe relapse. I had left OA altogether and I kept doing it on my own. I kept thinking, Kara has the solution. So I went on this crazy crash diet and by my wedding day, I got down to a svelte 201 pound. I couldn't even break 200 on my wedding day. I was a beautiful bride, but I was pleasingly plump. And my gown kept having to be altered because I went on such a crash diet just to get down to 200 freaking pounds for my wedding day. But I had a man who loved me and who didn't care that I was overweight, but I cared and I was miserable. So my wedding day was the happiest day of my life. And then everything after that, I felt sucked because I weighed 200 pounds. And so I continued to take matters into my own hands, continued to diet. We ended up getting pregnant. And when I got pregnant, I was 268 pounds. 
And my doctor said to me, you can't afford to gain any weight in this pregnancy. It will be dangerous for you and dangerous for your baby. And I tell you this because as much as I wanted to be a mom and wanted to take care of my baby, it was a real struggle for nine months to try to eat healthfully. And after I gave birth to this baby, I went to a deep depression and it had occurred to me to go back to Overeaters Anonymous. But I was too cocky and too prideful. And so I went on more diets. And by the time this baby was almost two years old, I weighed just under 300 pounds. Now I'm only five foot one. So that is a huge body mass on a very small frame. At my heaviest, almost 300 pounds. My thinnest got me hospitalized and everywhere in between just brought misery. There is no magic number. So if you're sitting there thinking, I just wanna weigh 150 pounds, that's it. Well, my magic number was 100. I wanted to weigh 100 pounds and that got me hospitalized. I wanted to be a size two. Let me tell you, the size of your dress, your shirt, your waist, your belt size, that will not bring you happiness. I was emotionally and spiritually bankrupt. And I opted to have gastric bypass surgery, which helped me lose over a hundred pounds, but left me once again, sick, miserable, and hospitalized. And the only reason I share that because OA has no opinion on outside issues such as that is just simply to show you how desperate I was. My toddler ran faster than I did. There is nothing glamorous about your thighs being so heavy that they rub together or being afraid to sit in a chair and worried that it wasn't going to hold you. I went on for more years like this until my mother suddenly passed away. At the age of 62, she had a massive heart attack, coronary. And what my father said to the, to the coroner was, I don't understand, what, how, how did she die? How does a healthy woman die? And then you know what the doctor said? The doctor said, she was just such a big woman. My mother wasn't healthy. She had high blood pressure, diabetes, and was morbidly obese. And when she died, I again sunk into a deep depression. Compulsive overeating is a lonely disease. I found myself eating even after the surgery, making myself sicker. And I got back up. I had gone down to a healthy body weight. I was about 120 pounds, which is healthy for a five foot frame. I got back up to just under 200 pounds. And I said, this is it. I can't live like this anymore. 
It's been decades. And I walked back into the halls of OA. And at this point, all those people that were my mother's age, well, now I was my mother's age. I was 40. And I thought, it's too late for you, Kara. Well, let me tell you, it is never too late to get your health back or your sanity back. I ended up coming back to OA and it was the best thing that had ever, ever happened to me. Because relapse is a process and not an event. Relapse can be prevented. And the symptoms that I see now that led to my relapse was complacency, defiance, letting up on discipline, uh, trying to do the program alone, forgetting to call my sponsor, um, obsessing about my weight and my body, and making God second. See, I don't even remember working the steps the first time around. So when I got back into OA, which was the fall of 2008, I had a spiritual awakening. There was someone who saw the pain on my face and she took me aside and she said, can, I, can we pray? And of course, my ego, I'm thinking, oh, I guess this woman needs my prayers. Little did I know those prayers were for me that day. And she took me in a corner and we knelt down. And I said the most heartfelt prayer I'd ever, ever said. I just said, God, help me. And he did, he did. I got a sponsor that night. <laughs> it was four days before Halloween, which in America is like a high holy day. You know, like, woo, you get dressed up. You'd go take a walk, you get free candy. I never walked in my life. I never moved unless it was to get up to go to the refrigerator or to get free candy during Halloween. And I said to the woman who was to be my sponsor for 10 years, I said, can we just do this like maybe on November 1st? Because, you know, there's this holiday and it's called Halloween and, you know, you get candy. And she said, how's that working for you? And I knew the gig was up. I knew it was up. I couldn't keep doing the same thing I was doing. That's insanity. And I lived that way for far too long. And I said, you know, you're right. You're right. This is it. This is the end of the road. One minute reminder. Thank you. She said, do you think you can be abstinent? And I said, no. And she said, do you believe your higher power? will keep you abstinent just for 24 hours. And I said, no. And she said, do you believe mine will? And I said, yes. Because all of you out here, 115 participants, 115 compulsive overeaters, just like me, keep me abstinent one day at a time. And by God's grace, so four days before Halloween, I got abstinent and I have been faithfully abstinent, imperfectly faithfully abstinent ever since. 
And that is no small miracle for someone who couldn't stay free from sugar for 12 hours, let alone 12 years. And all the glory goes to the grace of my higher power, which I choose to call God. And if you say, oh, it can't happen to me, let me tell you, it can and it will. And my prayer for you today, as I finish this share, is that all of you can get uncomfortable enough to be willing to find a higher power, to work the steps and to do what it takes to claim that definition of abstinence and recovery for you. Thank you so much for the privilege of letting me share today. Thank you. Cara, that was amazing. If everybody could just thank Cara with a clap in there, It'd be wonderful. Cara, thank you, thank you, thank you.